It's Mock Draft Monday. There's not very many Mondays left until the 2023 <laughs> NFL Draft, the latest mock draft from NFL.com, and how there might be more of a shakeup, especially as it pertains to quarterbacks. Coming up on this episode of Peacock and Williamson. NFL analyst Brian Peacock and former NFL scout Matt Williamson bring you expert NFL analysis every day in less than 30 minutes. Get an inside look into the NFL on the field and in the front office. With elite breakdowns, next-level analysis, and in-depth information only for the real NFL fans. This is Peacock and Williamson, and it starts now. Welcome to the Peacock and Williamson NFL show. Brian Peacock alongside Matt Williamson at BD Peacock at Williamson NFL on Twitter. Thanks, everybody, for making us your first listen here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. If you if anything uh, is lighting off in your dome and you, and you want to get some early Twitter questions into us, those are the handles on Twitter for our mailbag uh, segment in the middle of the week here. BD Peacock at Twitter and uh, at Williamson NFL on Twitter or drop us a comment. We've got some on YouTube as well and subscribe to the brand new Peacock and Williamson YouTube channel. All right, we're, we're going to take a look at Bucky Brooks mock here. That is a freshie today, Monday, as we're just a few weeks away from the NFL draft, Matt. We are officially into April. April Fool's jokes are out of the way, so everything's <laughs> serious business now as we head toward the end of the month and the 2023 NFL draft. Yeah, I'm pretty psyched. You know, I done with the owners' meetings. I did, did a weekend away this, this past week. I actually have another weekend coming up with volleyball. I've been traveling like crazy, but I'm just so geared towards the draft, and Fortunately and unfortunately, I don't think we're going to have a tons of news to react to between now and draft day. I mean, maybe there's Lamar or Rogers news or things like that, but I don't foresee a lot of, uh, you know, big signings, things like that. I mean, and my point is a lot of these teams now are starting to retreat to their war rooms and putting their boards together. You know, they're going to be hunkered down here these next couple of weeks. And, that and we might hear thing. some rumors and we're going to hear a yeah, lot yeah. of lies, of course. And so we're going to have to do a lot of those segments where we, uh, we pull out the BS meter and, and try to figure out if it's a lie or not with, with a lot of the anonymous <laughs> stuff we hear and rumors we hear. And a lot of the things that are being set up in those war rooms, we might see come to fruition on draft night, like AJ Brown trades, like, oh, wow, out of nowhere. Wow, yeah, okay, right. you know, so that stuff's being set up behind the scenes. Uh, but we might not have the actual story to talk about until draft night. So, um, mock draft Monday, it is today. And here we go. I know we're going to look at Bucky Brooks' latest mock draft because it's the freshest. But Bruce Feldman dropped a really interesting one last week, Matt. And uh, I'm going to break out maybe some quotes from Bruce Feldman's mock draft. And the really interesting one from his mock draft that sets it apart from all the others is some of the quotes he gets. And then anonymous quotes from different GMs and scouts and, and college people because he's really plugged in there, especially at the college level. And um, and I think those are really interesting. So it's going to be a little, you know, it's going to be the picks from Bucky Brooks mock, but I'm going to, I'm going to drop a few of the, the nuggets from Bruce Feldman's mock draft as well during cool. this episode. I think it'll add some context to it with some, some really tasty quotes that Bruce Feldman got. Awesome. That's great. And both of those mock drafts have CJ Stroud going number one. It's the betting favorite Ohio state quarterback, CJ Stroud going to the Carolina Panthers at number one. I, I mean, I, I almost said this is a foregone conclusion, but I really think this is going to be the match in, I think it's a smart pick. I think it's logical. Stroud's my number one quarterback. I think he's a, a very good prospect behind a decent line there. They'll start to fortify things a year from now. I, I think this is the move for Carolina. Here's a quote about C.J. Stroud from Bruce Feldman's mock. And it had the same selection of C.J. Stroud, number one. Okay. Here's a quote. Quote from an anonymous coach. Quote, 
CJ Stroud is so accurate and so calm. I wasn't sure about the previous guy's ability to read coverage. The Buckeyes previous guy he's talking about. Okay. Fields, Fields. Fields. Right, right. But I know CJ can, talking about reading coverages. He has such a good ability to process, and his anticipation is so good. He runs better than you think. He's the complete package. So it's starting to sound like and another quote about football IQ. There was a quote here, and this is where the anonymous quotes, you, you start to hear anonymous quotes, and you start to say, okay, going too far. Like there are some wild right, anonymous right. quotes we hear from scouts and, and different coaches and people. Here's a good one. His accuracy down the field, a different coach. His accuracy down the field is really special. He's bigger than you think and faster and harder to sack than people realize. I thought he's better than Trevor Lawrence. So that's another. Wow. Uh, some really high praise coming out for CJ Stroud right now um, it, during this process and the accuracy. And obviously the production was great at Ohio State. And uh, it does feel like it's just overwhelmingly the favorite now that CJ Stroud goes number one. I agree. And uh, two little nuggets there is, first of all, I really have a hard time coming up with or seeing negatives. His negative column is pretty light, you know, which, you know, is obviously a good thing. And, you know, he was really criticized for not running enough, not scrambling, not improving enough. But as that second quote mentions, really good feet in the pocket and athleticism in the pocket to set up throws as opposed to runs. It's all about checking the boxes, um, mm -hmm. but you know teams have made mistakes too about drafting safe picks that, that check a lot of boxes and they miss on the guy who's actually got the ability to uh, ascend and really carry your franchise into a different stratosphere. So we'll see which one of those C.J. Stroud is is in, uh, but it really feels like you know teams feel really comfortable with what C.J. Stroud does. The only negative I can really find about C.J. Stroud is how much talent was around him. And sure, sure. the transition to college to the NFL, just the talent around you, who you're playing against, who's on your team. I mean, he, he had the most help. No, no doubt. No doubt. I mean, he had it as easy as you can have it. Bryce Young, number two to the Houston Texans. Pretty chalky here. One and two uh, in this Bucky Brooks mock draft. The latest from NFL.com. Um, speaking of help, Bryce Young had a lot of help, but it's funny because a bunch of first rounders, a bunch of really talented players, and they're like, oh, this isn't as good as an, a normal Alabama team. But uh, <laughs> he still had a lot of help himself. And the big question, obviously, is size with Bryce Young and probably the difference in him going number one or number two. But it, I, I wouldn't be shocked if he fell past two, but because I don't think you should be shocked at anything with the NFL draft, but it just feels like it's a good fit right there with, with Bryce Young to the Houston Texans, and they might have liked him number one anyway. Yeah, and we've obviously talked about the top of the draft a lot over the years or over the last couple of months, as have everyone. I I don't have much to add to it. I think this is how it's going to go. I think it's going to go Stroud, Carolina, Young, the Texans, and both teams will be very happy about it on draft day. You know, and have little hesitation. Number three, uh, pretty chalky as well with Will Anderson, the top non-quarterback in the draft, going to the Arizona Cardinals at three. And uh, one, two, three here, clearly the betting favorites of those players going in those spots. Absolutely. And I think you want to start working on that D-line, which is a disaster. I'm going to hold some comments here till this next pick, but I think you and I are going to butt heads a little bit here in the top four. Um, obviously, they're not including trades here, but you got to take Anderson over Carter, I think, at this point, considering the off-the-field stuff. This is where the draft gets really fun here. And Bucky Brooks has Texas Tech edge rusher Tyree Wilson going mm. at pick number four to the Indianapolis Colts. What are your thoughts there? And uh, I'm a little frustrated because I, I feel like I should have had my mock draft put out before some of these mocks because I said, man, 
I said on this very podcast, I think the quarterbacks might fall a little bit. Things are getting a little too chalky. It's not going to be that easy, and things aren't going to go that way in the top five. And this would definitely be one of those shakeups with the Colts not going quarterback, which has been the case in almost every mock draft. And that means Will Levis and Anthony Richardson still out there in Bucky Brooks mock. Yeah, and I can vouch for you. I mean, off the air several times over the last week or so, you've said, as soon as I get my mock together, I, I am not going to have the Colts go quarterback at four. I'm going to have some guys falling. And Bucky beat you to it a little bit. But I, yeah. I will say BP was all over this as well. I'm going to fight you, though. That's what kind of – I think Richardson is going to be the third pick. And maybe to the Colts, I don't think he gets past four. I mean, the more homework I do on Richardson – the more I think this guy's too freaky and I, I, I mean, absolutely in the, the corner of Levis falling. I'm just not in the corner of Richardson falling. And here's the other thing of it not going chalky in the top five. I think this is what we're going to start to see in mock drafts heading toward draft day is some quarterbacks falling in this class. Mm-hmm. And also Richardson, maybe even going ahead of Bryce young, potentially. Right. I, I think that's another shakeout that people aren't really talking about because people are putting them in one, two, three. Well, what if it's one, three, two with these quarterbacks and, and how that would shake things up? Because that is um, and, and I think there's everything's wide open. The NFL draft. And, and this is what's hilarious. Go look at comments to mock drafts. People lose their minds. Oh, this oh. mock draft is insane. This would never happen. And people who are saying that must have never seen an NFL draft in their lives because <laughs> right. the real draft will be so much crazier than any mock draft you'll see because it's not groupthink like what happens in the media and with all these, um, you know, out does, and, and a lot of people are, are right. Like teams screw up because they go away from the norm that the media and draft Knicks and, and analysts are talking about with the draft. Um, but these are 32 incubated teams that have their own think inside. And a lot of the stuff gets traded around information. A lot of scouts feel the same. And a lot of scouts came from the same school of knowledge of how to scout players and, and, and how, player projection goes but each draft room is completely different and they like their guys and they have their intel and the draft is going to be absolutely insane and by the way teams don't draft for need as much as mock drafts would lead you to believe either which is a big part of all this really well said and you know the other thing about mocks or real life is just one domino just doesn't have to quite fall right and then everybody gets screwed up and they have to go back to their boards and change things and that's why oh this could never happen in real life yeah a lot of them can i mean obviously there's some that are far, more far-fetched than others but one thing i expect out of this draft is quarterbacks aside i'm expecting runs on edges tackles and corners the expensive positions because i don't think it's a wonderful draft so Maybe we don't need an edge, but we're picking a 10 and we'll just take the, a, a high value position or a tackle or a corner and not draft for need as much as opposed for the value. And lastly, with Bucky's mock here to get back to the top five, I know Jalen Carter and Tyree Wilson don't play the same position, but it's not like Indy couldn't use a force on the inside too. And they went with Wilson over Carter, which I do think is a little telling. And, and I think team people shouldn't be shocked either at how high Tyree Wilson goes just because, mm-hmm. I mean, it's the same thing as Trayvon Walker last year. You know, right, when you're right. built like that and you have some production and you have projection with the tape that looks like you could be even better pro player than a college player, which we see happen a lot in that transition to the NFL. Not everybody, you know, gets worse. A lot of people get better going into the NFL and how they're used and how a team wants to use you. And, and by the way, I'm going to tear my rotator cuff, pat myself on the back. Do you remember who had <laughs> Trayvon Walker going number one first last year? I do. I mean, you had that Niner history with the GM and what they look for. And Wilson, to me, has a lot of similarities. And yeah. especially 
every D line coach in the world is going to say, give me that guy. You know, I'll right. work with Lank, him. Yeah. You know? He's this right, year's right. Walker. And you probably shouldn't be shocked. Even if he goes ahead of the, uh, the chalkiest of, of number one, non quarterbacks in this class and Will Anderson. And I think that's uh, it's possible. possible. I'm still taking yeah. Will Anderson all day, but don't sleep on Wilson and Bucky Brooks has him going here in the top four to the Indianapolis Colts. And there's some more shakeups in this mock draft as well from Bucky Brooks of NFL.com throughout the top 31 and maybe even a bonus 32nd pick from Matt Williamson to add on to it next. Today's episode of Peacock and Williamson is brought to you by ultimate football GM. If you've ever dreamed of becoming an NFL GM, well, this is the game for you. It's a super fun app. Uh, you can play it on the go, play it whenever you want to, and it might be a little bit more difficult than you think to build that next dynasty. When you play Ultimate Football GM, you get to control every aspect of your franchise through s- multiple seasons. You play 25 seasons and uh, see if you can beat the the dynastic New England Patriots over the course of two decades. Build your team to glory and hire and fire the coaches and coordinators to build your program. Manage all the financial aspects of your team, negotiating player salaries and terms. Navigating your franchise through free agency, the draft, injuries, player personnel issues, tons of stuff you might not expect that pop up during an NFL season. All this in a challenging and realistic game world. Ultimate Football GM, completely free, playable offline, play on the go, and locked on listeners get a 100% free boost to their franchise when using promo code locked on inside the game. That's locked on. So make sure. You check it out today. Download the game. Just visit ultimate-gm.com or look it up on the app stores. That's ultimate-gm.com. Ultimate Football GM. Start your dynasty today. Okay, Matt. Pick number five here in BuckyBrooksNFL.com mock draft. And Jalen Carter, the slide falls here to the Seattle Seahawks at number five. Super quick, just to hit reverse. If the Colts were to put the card in for Tyree Wilson... I would call the Ravens the second the commissioner announces a pick and see what you can do for Lamar. And, and that's that's part of this whole thing with the yeah, Colts yeah. not going quarterback at four. That's them saying, we we don't love, maybe we only loved one. Maybe we loved two quarterbacks. We don't love the other guys, and there's too much talent here to help our football team. We're better off calling the Ravens, trying to get this Lamar thing done, calling another team for another quarterback that we might be able to to bring on board that doesn't cost the fourth overall pick or cost mm-hmm. future picks instead. And it makes us a better franchise. That's what the Colts would be telling us. And I, I would, I, I, I think it's a better 50% chance and that's the direction the Colts go. But the more we hear about it, the more I won't believe it. And right. the Seahawks, all we're hearing right now from the Seahawks is this Anthony Richardson stuff, which makes me believe they wouldn't go quarterback either. There's, there's way too much coming out of Seattle about the quarterbacks and, and it, it's taking the quarterbacks completely off the board for me. They're, and they're I even too- read, a, I even read a blurb that, you know, Jalen Carter isn't for them, you know, off the field, blah, blah, blah. I don't think he falls past five. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's making it line up to where it's like, Oh, is that what you're saying? Okay. Well then for sure. I know that you love Jalen Carter and that yeah. you're not going to draft the quarterback. So boom, there we go. And that's Bucky Brooks pick at five for the Seattle Seahawks. And here's what I have not seen yet, or at least I haven't seen for a while is Illinois Illinois cornerback Devin Witherspoon going to the Detroit Lions at six, Matt? Well, they signed two corners. Akuda's fifth-year options up this year. Maybe they don't pick that up. I um, mean, you could certainly make the argument, you know, kind of like I said, high-value position. This is when things are – there's not a lot of blue-chip type of dudes. You know, just give me a good, solid corner that has a great playing temperament that the Lions would love. If I were the Lions here, I'd jump all over Richardson in a heartbeat. But I can see why they wouldn't. One thing about Bucky Brooks, too, and looking at this mock draft, he's a tape guy. 
And I, I think that's one of the things that we're going to see with the way mock drafts go. And it's like, okay, certain players get super hyped at the combine and then there's pro day stuff, but teams aren't jumping there. You don't, you don't, what we say in the media is like, oh, this guy's flying up draft boards. Guys aren't right, right. flying up draft boards, <laughs> no, much, no. right? People, teams know how athletic somebody is. They might go back and look at somebody. And if somebody's moving a lot on a draft board, it's probably likely they're going down quickly than up because they're getting information that they, you know, off field stuff or they're taking yeah. players off their board or like, oh, we're not comfortable with him here. If he falls here, then maybe, you know, so you're, you know, you're changing grades downward. I don't think someone's like, you don't go to Anthony Richardson's pro day and go, oh my God, I didn't realize he was big and fast and had a great arm. <laughs> right, 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 right. You know, you don't do that. You know, maybe meeting him at dinner and talking to him in person helps, but uh, not the actual workout itself. And Bucky Brooks is a tape guy. And I think a lot of teams are tape guys. And so when you go back to the tape and you look at the quarterbacks and you realize, well, this quarterback was the best player. Anthony Richardson was not the best player. So we're going to take the best player, you know, and, and even though we know all of this, um, you know, he's got all this physical ability. We're not going to take a chance on that this high. And I think that's the same with Devin Witherspoon because he's got the best tape of all the corners and yep. not the biggest guy, but I think that's why Bucky Brooks leans him over the next guy, Christian Gonzalez, who's sort of become the, the number one corner on most mock drafts. He goes second at the cornerback position here, number seven overall to the Las Vegas Raiders. Yeah, and he's a little more prototypical height, weight, speed type of guy, but Witherspoon's tape is better. Vegas, I mean, again, Richardson could go in any of these picks. I'm going to stop bringing that up, I guess. But, I mean, just give me best defensive player available if you're Vegas in this situation. Gonzalez, Witherspoon, Wilson, any of those would certainly fit the bill for the Raiders. Uh, number seven, or no, sorry, number eight pick in the draft is the Atlanta Falcons going with Lucas Van S. This is a tough one for me because uh, he's got work to do disengaging from yeah, blocks. I don't he's him. not your yeah. pure edge rusher, but he's got such talent, such power. He's the best bull rusher maybe in this class. Mm -hmm. uh, he's a younger guy, though, redshirt sophomore. You would think that there's the tools and, and, and everything to develop into even a better pro player than a college player. I wouldn't be shocked at number eight, but, but it's hard for me to place him. He could go in the 20s. He could go in the top 10. I'm not really sure. Bucky Brooks seems to like him going number eight here to the Falcons. Yeah, and they need any disruptive defensive lineman they can get, and he fits that mold. But I have some questions about him for all the reasons you said. I mean, he's kind of a one-trick bull in a china shop type of player right now. And again, go back to the tape. Peter Skronsky is the best offensive tackle in this class, offensive lineman in this class, and that's who Bucky has going to the Chicago Bears at pick number nine. Right, and he doesn't have to play tackle. He can be a tackle, he can be a guard, he can be whatever. He'll be an opening day starter somewhere on the line and probably a long-term very good player for them. I love it. And if a team probably drafts him top 10, they're telling you we're going to try him at tackle first, I'm guessing. Right, right, right. Uh, Or, you know, I mean, there's been guards that go in the top 10 too, so maybe he's just that good. It's like, I don't, we don't care. He's an all-pro every day. He's going to be left guard for the next 15 years, and, and we're going to put his name in the ring of honor, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that. right, right. And they'd be thrilled with that, right. Speaking of quote-unquote risers, here's another tough one for me, much like Lucas Van Ness. Nolan Smith, just a ridiculously athletic edge rusher out of Georgia, going number 10 here to the Philadelphia Eagles. He's an athletic freak. Is he an NFL edge player due to his size, though, Matt, is my question. Will team overdraft him because of his athleticism? Yeah, I like him more than Van Ness, although they couldn't be any more different. I mean, Summer's looking at Nolan Smith as an off-the-ball guy. Um, you know, we've brought him up around here as a Lawrence Timmons type, you know, that can do both. I mean, I'm not going to compare him to Micah Parsons because nobody is, but Reddick is probably the best example and the Eagles are getting a lot out of him. Oh, no doubt. And they're probably not going to, they probably know they're not going to be able to do anything with his next contract either. So, right. uh, you know, develop the next Reddick and, and just kill people 
off the edge with speed in the meantime and, you know, keep a strength of strength. And I'm never going to fault the team for adding pass rushers or really good offensive linemen in the draft. And mm-hmm. that's what the Eagles do here. And they have an opportunity with extra picks to say, Hey, let's swing for a potentially elite guy. If he hits, he hits big. Yeah. 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 I, I think that will be a lineman in some sort for the Eagles, probably defensive. Will Levis and Anthony Richardson still on the board at 11 and the Tennessee Titans do not take quarterback here. Paris Johnson, offensive tackle out of Ohio State. Would make all the sense in the world. I mean, this team does not hurt for needs. I mean, O-line, wide receiver, quarterback. I mean, there's a lot of spots they could go. A lot of smoke lately, which I don't know if I believe or not, about Tennessee sniffing, you know, with the Cardinals, you know, who's they just hired their uh, uh GM from Arizona, you know, that maybe they could go to three or I still think Trey Lance could end up in Tennessee. Who knows? But I don't know if I believe any of that. And this is where it gets real. If if the if the real draft goes in real time like this and nobody is traded up for a quarterback and the mm-hmm. quarterbacks get by the Colts, get by the Raiders, get by the Titans, that's an official free fall for both Will Levis and potentially Anthony Richardson falling in this draft. And okay. that is uh, one of the big things that stands out in this mock draft. And that takes us to the Houston Texans who might be sitting there thinking, Oh, maybe we should have taken Will Anderson at two because the quarterbacks are still here for us at number 12, but they go Jackson Smith and Jigba, a pass catcher for Bryce young at number 12. I love this player. I mean, I think he's clearly the best receiver in this draft. I mean, I love the idea of bringing a young quarterback in the same year with a polished rookie receiver, let those two grow together, you know, create that chemistry. I think that's a great fit. With the quarterbacks still on the board, where do they land, Matt, in this mock draft? We'll finish up the rest of the first round next. Thanks, everybody, for making Peacock and Williamson your first listen every day here on the Locked On Podcast Network for your second listen. Check out Locked On NFL Scouting, the newest podcast with the draft dudes, free agency, draft, salary cap management, and more. Join NFL experts Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino as they take you through what it's like to build a successful NFL franchise every Monday through Friday. Find Locked On NFL Scouting with the Draft Dudes wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Uh, And make sure you're also subscribed up here to Peacock Williamson's new YouTube channel as well. Hit the bell and the thumbs up and all those things. Moving on to pick 13 in the New York Jets, Matt. And everyone's mock draft has, you know, the, the projected Aaron Rodgers to New York thing, which... Uh, which means it's very different with pick 13, especially if the Packers would end up owning it. But I don't think they'll, I don't think the Packers will get 13. And Bucky has it pick 13 to help protect Aaron Rodgers, Osiris Torrance, the guard from Florida. Yeah, I'm very much in favor of an offensive lineman going to New York here. I mean, especially with Rodgers in the mix. Um, I originally kind of balked at a guard, though. They're good at guard. But Bucky had a good point. You know, Vera Tucker can go to tackle, you know, so. I've I've heard a lot of people in the know saying Torrance is really safe as well. You know, he's a plug and play guard. This isn't the greatest draft class in the world. You know, he could be a pro bowler in year two, you know? Well, we saw the Texans last year do the same thing with, uh, it was green in the first round, right? At guard is like, Oh, okay. Really high. But teams don't care. They're like, we love this guy. He's a plug and play starter. We're going to draft him and we need offensive linemen and every team needs offensive linemen, including that at 14 back-to-back picks here on the O-line, Broderick Jones, offensive tackle from Georgia going to the Pats. Yeah. And they took Cole Strange in the first round last year, talking about guards, you know, so yep. uh, I'd have a hard time believing Broderick Jones could fall much further than this. 
going to go a little bit faster with some of these picks here later in the first round. 15, Green Bay Packers, Miles Murphy, Edge from Clemson. Washington Commanders go Joey Porter Jr., corner from uh, Penn State at 16 to the Commanders. Uh, and your Pittsburgh Steelers, Matt, pick 17, Deontay Banks, a Maryland corner. Yeah, I wouldn't have qualms with any of those picks. Um, I'm kind of torn if I like Porter or Banks better as my corner number three. I think they're very close. Um, Green Bay almost always does defense in the first round, and Murphy's a heck of a talent. Yeah, high upside player in in Miles Murphy for sure there for the Green Bay Packers. Uh, Do you think think the folks in charge of the Pittsburgh Steelers, Matt, are hoping that Broderick Jones falls just a couple more spots to them at 17? That I'm not certain of. I mean, they've done a lot of O-line stuff this year, mostly with guard types, but they would take a tackle, but I think it's going to be a very heavy defensive draft for the Steelers. They're really young on offense. They're much older on defense. I think they want to infuse that defense with young, you know, star potential guys. It's it's a great point, too, because when it comes to need in the NFL draft, need is is a lot of times you're looking at next year, the year after these salary cap year windows more so than you're looking like, what do we need right now? Because most of these rookies aren't going to start right away. That's just the reality of the NFL. Mm -hmm. Right. You're like, oh, this guy's contract's coming up or boy, we're getting old on this side of the ball or we've too much spending on this side of the ball. You know, right. Exactly. Kalijah Cansey goes to the Detroit Lions at pick number 18, their second selection in the first round, and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at 19. Darnell Wright, offensive tackle out of Tennessee, which takes us to, Matt, the Seattle Seahawks at pick 20. And remember how we talked about Anthony Richardson? There's a little too much heat. Don't believe them going at five. (laughs) What if he's on the board at pick 20? Anthony Richardson to the Seattle Seahawks, getting by two teams that could absolutely draft them right in front of them, too. Uh, I, I could see a slide for some of these quarterbacks, but that would be a heck of a slide for Anthony Richardson with his talent falling to the Seattle Seahawks at pick 20. And how about both of the names that keep getting brought up out of Seattle? They end up with both Carter and Anthony Richardson. Oh, I mean, Bucky's more doubt in than me. And we just said, oh, these, this could never happen. You know, we always make fun of those people that say it. I would be shocked if Richardson gets passed by 19 different teams or, you know, uh, Tampa or a team like that or Washington. Um, if they could stay pat and get the guy. But boy, would Seattle fans go crazy for Richardson and Carter. Oh, man. I mean, that's exactly – if you could pick two guys out of a hat, I mean, uh, you know, at period, who would you want? That's going to be two of your top five players you probably want. The, the way I think about it, uh, as a guy who covers the 49ers, the 49ers fans would hate this mock draft for the, uh, for the Seattle should. Seahawks. They should, right. Because potentially you get a game wrecker on the defensive side of the ball that kills your quarterback. And if Anthony Richardson hits, again, could hit big. There's a lot of boomer bust there. But I don't think it should be I don't think it should be that shocking if Anthony Richardson does fall because again, you go back to the tape and you base it just on tape. This is where Anthony Richardson was in January when we're talking about things, right? Mm-hmm. Was in uh, the, my first mock draft I did, I was looking at him at pick 18. I thought, oh, that's a good fit. You know, Detroit Lions, they already make one pick, then you swing for the fences with Anthony Richardson who could sit behind Goff, uh, which is why I don't think he would get past 18 in this. He did get two more spots. But if he does fall, I think this is the area with the, the Lions, the Bucks, the Seahawks. Yeah, uh, he can't get past that, I would imagine. I mean, especially with the Lions in Seattle already adding a quality defensive prospect to the mix. Yes. You know, how do you not grab the quarter, you know, the quarterback that can sit a whole year behind Geno or Goff, too? You know, perfect spot for him. And Will Levis is still out there, and we're at pick 21. Los Angeles Chargers going B. John Robinson out of Texas, which would spell the end for Austin Eckler long-term in Los Angeles. And ever since the Eckler news rumblings have come out, you see this mocked a lot, and I think it's a perfect landing spot. 
Pick 22, Baltimore Ravens, Cam Smith, cornerback out of South Carolina. And look, by this point on Thursday evening, if the Colts, uh, Titans, some of these other teams don't go quarterback, maybe that's telling that the Baltimore Ravens all of a sudden have a whole bunch of extra draft picks too. And, and this this can look very different for their, their draft night in the first round and especially on day two and going forward in drafts. And I think, you know, quarterback aside, who knows what they're doing there, corner and receiver are massive needs for this team. Pick 23, Minnesota Vikings wide receiver Zay Flowers out of Boston College. Only the second receiver so far in this mock draft from Bucky Brooks of NFL.com. Brian Branch, Alabama, safety going to Jacksonville at pick 24. New York Giants at 25. John Michael Smith's the center out of Minnesota. And the Dallas Cowboys, Brian uh, Brisset. And I've heard his name so many times now, and so I, I don't know. know which one it is. Is it Brisset? Is it Breezy? Uh, but uh, defensive tackle from Clemson going to Dallas at pick 26. I've been calling him Brisset. I know I was saying it wrong before that, yes, but I've also heard Brisset. And I've you know. heard more recently that's different, so I don't know. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I like this player a lot. Uh, we talk about him a lot, possibly at 17 for the Steelers, Brisset. Branch is a great pick for the Jags. I mean, he's a low-risk guy, too. At a leader there. I think Michael Schmitz is a really good player on the in- interior of the Giants O-line, which needs all the help it can get on the inside. So no qualms with any of these. Again, Bucky Brooks, he goes to the tape, and this is a, a very tape-driven mock draft. And another one of those is Jordan Addison, who, you know, when you look at his size and his athleticism and testing numbers, it's like, ah, he doesn't really scream number one wide receiver, but mm-hmm. a lot of folks thought from his play at USC and the tape that he might be the best receiver in this class. Jordan Addison, wide receiver from USC, going to the Buffalo Bills at 27. Dalton Kincaid tied in from Utah to the Cincinnati Bengals, which kicks off the, the run of tight ends, no yeah, doubt, yeah. Uh, in this one with back-to-back tight ends going Michael Mayer to the New Orleans Saints at 29. Uh, Mozzie Smith, big athletic defensive tackle, high upside player, uh, up and down tape to the Philadelphia Eagles. Again, swinging for the fences with both of those defensive line picks for the Eagles in this mock with uh, Smith going, uh, the Smith brothers actually going uh, in this, uh, not related, in this mock draft to the <laughs> Philadelphia Eagles and Nolan Smith and Mozzie Smith here at, at 10 and 30. And finishing up the first round of this mock draft is Ottawa Ware out of Northwestern, the edge, maybe interior rusher for the Kansas City Chiefs at 31. Yeah, I mean, I think the Chiefs could go a lot of directions, but pass rusher is certainly high on the list. Eagles go two defensive linemen, as you mentioned, but they couldn't be any more different. They're almost 100 pounds apart between the two of them. Mazzy Smith certainly has some Hargrave-esque you know, esque, you know, style to him as an upfield athletic dude. And I do think tight ends starting around maybe this neighborhood are going to start to get a run. You know, that they, when you retreat on after day one, you'll be like, boy, there's still three or four really good tight ends out there. Let's grab one of those. I didn't even think about the Hargrave angle, but you're right. If there if there's a prospect that is the most Javon Hargrave and the most Hassan Reddick in this class, the Eagles got both of those guys. You know, the speed, a ridiculous speed off the edge, undersized rusher, the interior guy who could play nose but has athleticism to rush the passer and be a three-down player and penetrate as well in Mozzie Smith. And that brings us to pick 32, Matt. And usually there's 32 picks in an NFL first round, but – the Miami Dolphins forfeited theirs, and the first pick in the second round, thanks, thanks to the uh, the Chicago Bears, is owned by your Pittsburgh Steelers, Matt. So after that first round mock is done, is there a player that sticks out for you that is best player available for the Pittsburgh Steelers? We always do this on my Steelers show because, you know, we go over a mock draft and then like, well, now we're in charge. What would you do if these 32 were gone? A lot of my targets would be gone at this point. I would be begging or hoping 
teams are calling me going, hey, can I get the 32 for Will Levis? You know, you get about 24 hours to field calls there. And I would think Levis would be the guy most people would want to trade up to that 30-second spot to grab, although you'd rather have the fifth-year option. But I'd love to trade back in this situation if I were the Steelers. The other two names that aren't jump off the table, you know, massive needs to me are Musgrave is my number one tight end. And I think that would complete the offense, putting him with Fryermuth. And I'm really starting to draw, really starting to get into uh, Drew Sanders, off the ball linebacker who also can edge, you know, like kind of like we talked about with Nolan Smith. Uh, he would fit the Steelers front seven quite a bit as well. So those would be the guys I'd look at is Musgrave and Sanders in this you know, situation. And kind of bearing the lead on this one was Will Levis not going in the first yeah, round at right. all. And Bucky Brooks' partner with the Move the Sticks podcast, Daniel Jeremiah, had Hendon Hooker going in the first round. Five quarterbacks. Bucky has three quarterbacks. Not only not Hendon Hooker going late in round one, but Will Levis falling all the way out of round one. So now you're starting to talk about the Colts maybe just getting Levis with their second round pick anyway. So right, really right. I mean, huge. I, I do think there would be a lot of calls at 32 for Hooker or Levis if it goes this way. Or like, I feel like we say this every year, oh, a team trading into the end of round one, quarterback, get the fifth-year option. But it ends up never happening for mm-hmm. some reason. So uh, I guess uh, we'll see if it if this is the year for that. And if the quarterbacks do slide like Bucky Brooks of NFL.com projected, go look at his mock, go look at all the uh, – the reasonings that he puts there, a fun mock draft Monday here, and not very many more. We're getting close to that NFL draft, Matt, so uh, we're going to be very draft-centric here on Peacock and Williamson going forward. I love it. No doubt. Good stuff. This was fun. Thanks, everybody, for making us your first listen. Make sure you're subscribed up to Peacock and Williamson. Tell a friend and get involved in the new YouTube channel. Subscribe there, the thumbs up, the notification button, and don't forget, your team is covered every day right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Matt and I back tomorrow. More position rankings, Peacock and Williamson.